Welcome to your call to action with your host Simon Bruno, sharing inspiration and motivation from the e-commerce world. Today, this is your call to action. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to your call to action, the e-commerce podcast for those looking to take action to grow their e-commerce business. Thank you very much for joining us and subscribing, whether on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. It's great to have you listening to the podcast. Also, don't forget to use that five-star rating and a review. They're really helpful for us to reach the people that we want to reach, and it helps us to improve the podcast as well. So in today's episode of Your Course Action, I'm going to try something a little bit different. It's been three months since we started to release these podcasts, and recently I've had friends, colleagues, and listeners asking me, why don't you do a solo podcast of Your Course Action? and talk about some e-commerce topics and things that you have learned since you've started working in the e-commerce space. And, you know, to be honest, I thought, well, let's just give it a go. Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? It's almost been a year since I started working in the e-commerce space in general. And, you know, it's safe to say that I've learned a lot. I'm by no means an expert or anything like that um, in e-com, but I feel like I'm in a place where I can definitely share some knowledge and help e-commerce business owners out there who are listening to the podcast. So the topics for today's podcast are the importance of a pre-launch when starting an e-commerce business, pricing strategies in e-commerce and retail, and the secret power of branding, a topic that we have briefly covered in a previous episode of your, of your course action with Ming Johansson, but an important one to grasp, particularly if you're an e-commerce business selling products in a flooded market. Branding is what will set you apart from your competition. So with that, let's get into the podcast. So the first topic of the podcast, the importance of a pre-launch for your e-commerce store and how you can use pre-launch techniques to launch a new product, even if you've got an existing e-commerce store. So by pre-launch, I don't necessarily mean a physical launch of a product, although that can obviously work, particularly if you're running like a fashion store or something like that setting up a pop-up, setting up an uh, event for your brand that you're about to launch can be a really good way to, you know, set what your branding is in a physical sense and also get some customers before you even launch your business, which is what uh, pre-launch is all about. But in saying that, you can definitely do a pre-launch in the digital space. And a book that you guys should definitely read is called Growth Hacker Marketing by Ryan Holiday. And in that book, he was talking about this growth hacking technique, which was used by Dropbox to get an initial email list of users that were ready to use their product. So what Dropbox did was create this video and post it out on Twitter, just highlighting what Dropbox actually was. It wasn't exactly the most professional video out there, but that didn't matter. What the video conveyed is what was what mattered. That got the initial email list going for them. So when, so then when they launched their business, they had all these users ready to go. And that's just why a pre-launch is so important online. Imagine you had this awesome idea for a product, but you were scared that you were going to have any customers or, or no one was going to be interested. So guys, what I recommend is after you test your product by running some dummy Facebook ads or something, trying to sell the product that you want to sell, so again, I'll use fashion because it's just such an easy, easy example. If you've got a really, really cool idea for a tea, 
try and sell it on Facebook. Just test the market. And if it works, if you're getting some traction, then the next step after that is to do this pre-launch task. So create a funny video or create something that is going to hype up your potential customers to wanting to buy your product and launch your website with a coming soon page. I know it sounds really, really silly. You think that when you launch a business, you got to have all your products ready and all that sort of stuff. But if it was me, what I would do, it would be maybe run a pre-launch campaign on your website even before it's all ready with all the products and stuff just to get people who are interested in your brand to come across your website the ability to sign up to your email list and then eventually when you're ready to launch with all those products, you've got a group of customers ready to buy your product. And you know what? You can also do this even if you're an established e-commerce business. So say you've been running the business for two years and you're ready to expand into different uh, product categories and stuff like that. So again, just repeat the process. Test the market if it works then do a pre-launch. So it could be something as simple as having the product category there on your menu, but instead of taking you to a page where you can already buy the new product category, what you can do is have a coming soon page and repeat that process which launched your business in the first place. Sign up now, be the first to know when our watches arrive, get people onto that landing page, get people clicking through, entice them with an offer. could be something like get 30% off the new uh, products that we're going to be bringing in on your first order and then when you're ready to launch that new product line send an email out to those guys who are interested in buying the product in the first place when they click through on your menu and onto the new product page send them an email go hey guys look we're ready now we're ready to launch this new product so excited to launch it check out the link below get an awesome deal on this new product category they're about to launch they click through on the website and hopefully you know, they start to convert. And if you're already established e-commerce business, then maybe send that same email out to your already established email list and see what happens. Because even though, you know, they say Facebook and Instagram and all these things are essential for e-commerce, they help you convert and all that sort of stuff. But email still does work, even though email does seem a little bit old school, especially to people who are probably black my age and who are 23. You know, it's all about Instagram and Facebook and social media and all that sort of stuff. But one thing that I've realized in my time at Keyspace doing marketing is that email marketing is essential and it does still work. So with that, I uh, will conclude this topic and go into the next topic of pricing. So pricing. Pricing is a bit of an interesting topic for me personally. I'm really interested in all the different pricing strategies and stuff. You know, just probably just through my time working for one of Australia's biggest supermarkets over the last eight years. It's just, I don't know, I just find it really, really interesting. Like whenever I scan items through the checkout, this probably sounds really, really stupid. I just find it fascinating how the hell they came up with that price and why they lower the price at certain times of the year and all this sort of stuff. It's probably just because I'm a marketer. But I just want to share some of my favorite pricing strategies from the e-commerce world or the online world and the retail world because there's just heaps of different ways you can price your product. It's not just about doing like a cost plus strategy or a competitor based strategy, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot more that goes into pricing and how you price your product effectively and attractively as well for your customers. So pricing strategy number one comes from Udemy. 
So if you guys don't know what Udemy is, it's basically like a website where you can go and buy courses to learn different things. So right now, personally, I'm learning how to do Photoshop and Illustrator just to better my skills in creating poses and stuff like that. But one thing that Udemy does really, really well is the pricing strategy makes you think that you're getting a really, really good deal. I can't remember one time, and I go on Udemy all the time, I can't remember one time that I go on Udemy and there's never a special on. Even though it says that the special's going to end in probably three hours or whatever, but it's as if that there's another special on all the time. And that to me is just like a really, really interesting way to advertise your the, the videos that you're selling, you know. They have ridiculously high recommended retail price you know some of the courses are like $215 or something but they sell for $13 and have 92% off but that's just always always there and I always get caught out by this pricing strategy and I don't know why because I know how it works but I guess that's just the beauty of Udemy's pricing strategy it it's able to get first-time buyers in because if you're a first-time buyer of Udemy you won't ne- you won't necessarily know that the site always has specials on so you will think oh awesome i'm on the website at the perfect time i could just jump on and buy my course or even if you're a return customer because you're satisfied with udemy's products and you've already spent that 14 dollars or whatever it was for a course so you, if you're satisfied with the course then obviously again you would be happy to spend that 14 dollars to get another another course and improve your learning and if you're someone like me who values learning different things all the time then you're going to be happy to spend that 14 bucks so that wraps up the first pricing strategy the second one is from coca-cola so coke strategies offer two different sizes of the same product so a 24 pack and a 30 pack of coke but where the pricing strategy comes into it is that one week one size will be on sale for 30 or 50 percent off whatever it is by the next week the other size will be on sale but what Coke does, and it's similar to Udemy, is that they will offer, is that they will make the recommended price or the RRP really, really inflated. So then their discount seems inflated as well, because Coke know right that you'll never buy the product for its normal price. So essentially, the discounted prices are, are really the recommended retail price in the eyes of Coke. But the customer doesn't see that necessarily. What they see is the perceived value that they're getting, that they're going to get 50% off the retail price. And again, that's like the common theme throughout these two pricing strategies is perceived value. You know, the customer's thinking, hey, am I getting a good deal right now when I purchase a product? They're not thinking about in the eyes of a business owner. You know, there's common pricing strategies that I'll get into you know, the competitor-based pricing strategy or the cost-plus pricing strategy, which do work to an extent. But at the end of the day, what the customers really do care about is, am I going to get my money's worth out of my product? So that wraps up the Coke strategy. The last strategy I want to talk about is from an e-commerce brand called Black Socks. And this is just a clever pricing strategy. It's not necessarily having to do with perceived value per se but it's essentially creating a SaaS model around an e-commerce business so for those who don't know what SaaS technically means it's um, software as a service but they call it socks as a service just as a play on words so essentially what you do is that you get you get a subscription to 
to this e-commerce store and every month or so you'll get a new set of socks or whatever you order depending on what subscription that you get. So again, if you know that you're going to get repeat customers or you, you sell a product that you know that always has repeat purchases stuff like food for example you know you can do like a subscription type uh, system you may even be able to do it for fashion you know you could uh, have a subscription for summer or you could have a subscription for winter and then you just send out your winter line or whatever it is out to your customer you know I, I, I just found that a SaaS model working for a sock brand you know, quite quite interesting and quite clever. So I thought I'd just mention that out there to you guys. So just to conclude this section about pricing, I just thought I'd mention the two pricing strategies that I said earlier, which were cost plus pricing and competitor-based pricing. So cost plus pricing, for those who don't know, is probably one of the oldest pricing strategies around business. It works by taking the cost of production and adding a fixed margin or a dollar amount to create a retail price. But the challenge with this approach comes when defining what the cost and profit margin values are. So, for example, for you as an e-commerce business owner, you must be able to measure uh, and define these two parameters accurately. Otherwise, you run the risk of miscalculating a profitable retail price for your product. You know, for example, the cost of a product isn't only the unit purchasing price; it's everything else that comes with it. You know, all the overhead expenses associated with the product is the cost of the product. So a cost plus pricing to conclude, you know, does provide you with a profitable price tag if you're able to accurately, you know, measure your costs. And that does take time and takes a lot of data to do that. But you run the risk of overvaluing your product or undervaluing your product. So if you overvalue your product, you're probably going to see poor sales. But if you undervalue it, you might see a lot of sales, but they're not going to be profitable at the end of the day. So that's the risk that you take with a cost plus pricing strategy. So the next one is competitor-based pricing. So competitor-based pricing is when a product is priced at a level similar to competitor's product. So in a competitive space like e-commerce, the question is, should you use a competitor-based pricing strategy? And you know, to be honest, if I was the owner of a new or growing e-commerce business, I would want to stay as far away from a competitor-based pricing strategy as possible. The only upside that I can think of to a competitor-based pricing strategy is that your business can focus more on the sales service provided to your customers to create some loyalty and to encourage to encourage shoppers to repeatedly shop with you, because that's what's going to separate your business uh, from your competition at the end of the day. Because your your pricing is going to be the same as your competitor, so you need something to differentiate yourself apart from your brand, obviously. So if you do a competitor-based pricing strategy, sure, the pricing is going to be the same. So I guess that gives you the opportunity to work on logistics and making sure that all your products are going to be sent to your customer and all that sort of stuff. But I think that's probably seriously it. Um, I remember when I was at uni at Curtin University, my lecturer said, and you know, it's, it's as clear as day, he goes, competitor-based pricing strategy is basically ethical but ineffective plagiarism. And an example of the strategy going wrong is a pretty popular one if you remember from like three or four years ago, Dan Murphy and Liquorland, they had a price war over Bailey's Liquor. Just to set the scene of this example, Dan Murphy 
offer a price bit guarantee on like liquor and beer and all that sort of stuff. And Liquorland also had a promotion where they guaranteed the cheapest price for Bailey's. And so over time, the two companies would lower their price and lower their price so they so that they could fulfill their promise made to their customers with their promotions. But what actually ended up happening was that they ended, uh, they were selling Bailey's for under the cost price and were actually losing like heaps of money. And it got to a point where the two parties actually had to mutually agree to end this so-called war because they were losing so much money on the product. So there, yeah, that's like an example of competitor-based pricing strategy going wrong. Competitor-based pricing strategy also requires you to basically stalk your competitors just to see what their pricing is. And that's just a waste of time. You should be spending time on growing your business, not, not looking at what your competitors are doing. Just to conclude this section about pricing, my advice would be, you know, find a pricing strategy that works for you and then just tweak it over time, tweak it over time because eventually you're going to get it right. And then from there, you can work on other aspects of your e-commerce business to optimize sales and stuff like that. And that's how your business will essentially grow over time. So just to introduce the topic of branding, here's a question. Have you ever purchased something purely for the brand rather than for the actual product? This is the secret power of branding. A brand is the be all and end all for businesses, especially in today's ever-growing social world. But what is the secret to good branding and where does it all start? Well, a while ago, I was uh, reading a Shopify blog and it was called Branding Secrets from Fashion Industry Experts. And there were a couple quotes on there that I wanted to share with you guys because it really got me interested in the whole world of branding. And the first one is really for the guys probably just starting out their e-commerce business. And I just want to read it. So whenever you create a brand or business, always start with describing it in three words. Take time to brainstorm every single adjective that you think or believe belongs to the brand. Keep eliminating until you have three left. That is the core message. Nail, nail that and then expand. So I think that was a really, really good quote. And I think that will definitely, this activity will definitely set you on the right path to creating a really, really good, strong and consistent brand message. Another quote that I really liked was from Gail McInnes and it's a little bit uh, inspirational, I guess, in the way that it's written. But this one here is more, not only if you're starting out, but also if you have an existing brand. So here's a quote. Having a strong brand with compelling messaging helps customers connect to the clothing and accessories they wear. If a consumer relates to the brand, it creates a connection. The wearer feels as though the brand is an extension of themselves, or at least what the wearer would like others to perceive in them. What we wear plays a big part into who we are and how we are perceived straight off the bat. As much as we like to think otherwise, first impressions do count. Now, I know that is again a fashion example, but the core message can be translated across pretty much any product category, not just fashion. People buy a certain brand because they have a personal connection to it. And then over time, like we've seen with countless brands, people become brand advocates. And then these brand advocates, they tend to hang around each other. So you're essentially going to create this community of people who are going to be advocates and followers of your brand and who will represent your brand as well. So what are some quick tips for good branding? Well, I think good branding probably starts from day one. 
So it's important to think about what sort of message and what sort of branding message you want to put out there from the moment that you launch your business or even when you do your pre-launch. I think at that point, you should have an idea of what you want the brand to represent. Also, be different to be remembered. In the words of Seth Godin, the author of The Purple Cow, everyone remembers the purple cow in a field full of white cows because it's different. The same can be said for your e-commerce business. No one can remember that you know, that standard stock business because there's nothing that separates them out of the pack. So remember, be different to be remembered. And the last tip is marketing your brand digitally. Digital marketing plays a pretty big part in branding. It's also like so, so cheap to do it nowadays in comparison to how brands used to market even as early as 20 years ago, you know, in even the 90s, I'd say, where it was all about putting up big billboards and TV commercials and all this sort of stuff. Whereas now, we're so lucky that we have Facebook ads and Google ads, Instagram, you know, even LinkedIn, depending on what business that you're running. It's just so, so cheap. You know, we don't have to spend $10,000 to to market a new product and take that risk. We can use something like Instagram which I think is the new the new print ad, you know. Everyone's on Instagram, everyone everyone is sharing the coolest products out there. And I think right now for e commerce, Instagram is the place to be. So with that, I think it's time to wrap up the podcast with your call to action. So your call to action for those who don't know for maybe it's their first time listening to the podcast is an action that usually our guests would recommend to our listeners but today because it's a solo podcast it'll be me saying the call to action today i've actually got two call to actions the first call to action is for e-commerce business owners who are just starting out on their e-commerce journey what i would recommend to do is to focus on branding as i said earlier branding starts from day one so do that exercise that i mentioned in the branding section of the podcast sit down, brainstorm all the adjectives that you want to be associated with your brand and then slowly remove the ones that are not going to be the core message of your brand until you're left with three. Then when you first start advertising, make those three adjectives at the forefront of all your marketing efforts just to create a consistent and strong brand when you first start out. Now for the second call to action. So this call to action is for those seasoned e-commerce business owners who have been at it for a couple of years. And you know, to be honest, a couple of you guys are probably already doing this, but when you're launching a new product, create some hype, create a landing page, try and get as many people interested in your product as possible and get their details. So then when you're ready to launch your product, you can flick them an email because you already know they're interested in whatever the new product is and get some sales straight away. So with that, guys, thank you so much listening to this episode of your call to action i hope you could deal with my voice for nearly 25 minutes it was a bit of a weird podcast to record now that i finished recording it but yeah hopefully you guys just got a lot out of it something a little bit different for the podcast um let me know what you guys think do you guys like these solo podcasts because i'll probably do a lot more of them if you guys enjoyed them but yeah until next time Keep growing that e-commerce business and remember that you're doing a really, really good job at whatever you're doing online. So just keep at it.
And yeah, until next time, see you later. Thank you for listening to Your Call to Action. This episode has been sponsored by Keepspace. Do you run an e-commerce business? Is picking and packing your orders getting you down? Send your products to us and we'll get it done on time, every time. Integrating right into your website and marketplace with amazing shipping rates. Go to keepspace.com.au forward slash your call to action to get an amazing opportunity.